This is a sermon podcast from Ashland First United Methodist Church in Ashland, Oregon. Visit us online at ashlandmethodist.org for more sermons like this, church information, and how to get involved. Ashland Methodist, a community of open hearts, open minds, and open doors. I, um, gosh, I can hear myself say, I love those stories. <laughs> I do, though, right? I'm one of those weird pastors who loves the Bible and loves the Word, and I don't even understand a lot of the time how everybody can't feel so energized and alive and amazed by what God writes, what God shares through the writers of the book. But that story of Elijah, uh, that story where he comes, where he has nothing to eat, where the story where the widow is feeding her son the last food that they have, and they expect to perish after that. And then they discover that by the act of sharing, by the act of community, by the act of being together, that there is not only enough for today, but there is enough for the whole household every day, and that scarcity is no more. If that's not a parallel of our Tuesdays, I don't know what is. People come with nothing, sometimes no shoes, too often, actually. No warm clothing for the winter time, carrying big big gallons of water because summertime is hot and if you're walking and walking and walking with a pack on your back, you're going to go through that water very, very fast. Without services, without care, without people, when you knock on the door to answer it and ask you, sir, did you eat today? We would indeed be perishing, but that's not what we do. We show up. We ask the question, sir, ma'am, have you eaten today? And we respond when the answer is no. So that's why I wanted to leave today with these two good stories about food. One of the most basic messages in the Bible. Boy, we like to pull out that one verse and throw it around, but over and over and over again, the Bible says two things. Love your neighbor and everybody eats. Everybody eats. And I know that I am a better human being for all the Tuesdays that I have spent there in Wesley Hall, in the parking lot, in the narthex, in this good place. So, one of the biggest bits of work we had to do while I was here was to help that dinner. The need has been growing, and our systems have struggled to keep up When it's 50 people, it's a whole different thing than when there is what is now an average of 135. We feed young people, children, pregnant 
women. Running a ministry like what happens on Tuesdays is unbelievably simple in its mission, right? Welcome people, care for people, feed people, but is really complex in its implementation. And when I got here, our system was overstretched. And we had a lot of fear and conflict during the necessary work of addressing the problems that we were facing. And we had to do it, we had to do a few things here before we really knew each other, before you and I really knew each other. And that made the burden of the work so much harder on everybody. And if there's something that, but, you know, you think about, what would I change? What would I have done differently? But the outcome is good. The outcome is really good. And I think that might be the measure, right? That might be the measure. We got through it. Today, we feed more people and more comfortably than ever. We have expanded our services to include another nursing program, to serve as overnight hosts for the winter shelter program, to open up for emergency shelter when we can. And we have a no-barrier ministry. It is hard to find something like this. What a journey. Am I right? The second biggest thing we did was done by Reverend Dorita and Carol Heisel with the support of Chris Jones and many volunteers. Over the last two years, we continued to welcome children and families into the church, and we expanded our Sunday school rooms. And about six months in, Reverend Dorita told me she had this dream a dream to open the kind of after school program that enriches children's lives by attending directly to their personhood, their curiosity, and the development of humans of worth and value in the world. And of course, there has to be science and literature and joy. My response was, go for it. Let's make some room and see what happens. Let me know how I can support you. So my support in this has been minimal, mostly listening and cheering folks on. You got this. I believe in you. I hope everybody knows here what a miracle of hard work and prayer this program is. Many churches dream of doing something like this, but it actually almost never happens, and it happened here there are other things I'm so grateful for. I'm grateful for Carol and Dorita and Chris and all the volunteers, grateful for the church leaders who have had to navigate some uncharted waters and learn as they went, which is really uncomfortable. Grateful for our ministries that have bubbled up like the Mother's Circle and Friends Circle and our campus ministry. We are a in relationship with SOU in a wonderful way. We have renewed our mission trips, and we had a homelessness summit in Wesley Hall that brought together people of faith from all over Ashland in an unprecedented form. So many good things. And I am grateful to all of you. You are the church. When you choose to come on Sunday and offer your thoughts and actions and prayers to support each other, 
and support church leadership and support your pastors. You are the church. Thank you for all the times that you were the church because that is the church I dream of. I dream of good church. I dream of really good church. There's this wonderful book that I used in my last church. It's called Real Good Church. I just love that title. That title alone made me love that book, but it's actually really wonderful inside. So the question is, what is good church to you? And I have this story to share. So my very first church was a tiny country church in Waukiacum County. Waukiacum is one of the most fun words to say in Washington State. There were five children when I started there, and the littlest one was Owen, and he was four. So in this tiny church, I did all the pastoral ministries, including the children's ministries, and I used to have a lot of fun with that. And one of the things we explored was this idea of living water. And living water is flowing water, moving along a channel from one place to the next over rocks and moss with bugs skating on top. You know, you've seen the streams and the rivers. That is the living water that fills the cup of life. So for children's time, I had this large glass bowl, and I filled it with little stones and moss and poured the living water over it as they gathered in and peered down at the moving water. And I talked about how God baptizes us with living water, and I dipped my hand in it, and that was so cool, and we splashed around in it a little bit, and I invited the children to just interact. Now, little Owen was a smart little guy, and he never came up for children's message without something in his hand, a couple of cars maybe, plastic dinosaurs, whatever had piqued his imagination that day. And that Sunday, it was a rubber octopus and there we were, caught in the holy Sunday moment that is children's time and talking about baptism and talking about the water. And little Owen pipes up, can my octopus go in the water too? Well, I mean, octopuses live in the water, so yes, obviously. But more importantly, when a child asks a question like that, it is a question that tests whether or not there is welcome. This was his rubber octopus, part of him his treasured toy for the day. If I said no, that would be seen as a much bigger no than just talking about a plastic toy. He was asking in part about himself. Could he, part of him, be welcome in the water? Could he be baptized? And so, of course, I said, yes. And in it went the blessed rubber octopus to swim in the glass with the stones and the moss and the happy splashing. And forever after that, I was known as the pastor who baptized an octopus. <laughs> that was good church. That was really, really good church. Whew. So this is my final Sunday and I want to share this conversation of good church. I want to know if anybody is brave enough to share. We don't have all day. Remember, some of these stories can get quite long. When you have been in the midst of good church, what does good church mean to you? Is there anybody willing to share a moment or an instance when they felt that they were in the midst of really good church. Just raise your hand and I have a handheld. Dan. 
was recently reading a book um, by David Brooks, who you probably have seen if you watch uh, NPR, uh, National Public Television, uh, columnist for the New York Times. And he talks about um, being part of an organization that's bigger than yourself. And I'd never particularly thought about that, except for the many times when I have tried to organize work parties and my trustees hat and the rest of it. And surely nobody's going to show today. It's too good a fishing day and you know, they're just nothing. And then people come out of the woodwork and they're joyful and we get things done. And these people are good church. They're, they're part of something bigger than themselves and they're loved. Thank you. Anyone else like to share? Uh, thank you. I know this is a good church uh, when my gay son, uh, who was known among this congregation since he was like two years old, uh, brought his son to be baptized here. And without a hesitation, our minister at that time, Pamela, uh, said, of course I will. And so she not only baptized Oscar, the older one, but the younger one when he was born, too. And I knew it was a good church. Thank you. I celebrate any time that we get together as parishioners and work together and that uh, mission trips or cleaning up the campus or making food um, it's all good church I celebrate every time we open our mouths to sing because music makes good church all of these stories are about what happens in communities and that it's just like one of my Talk about a sacred, holy place being in community. So when I was younger, I was raised Catholic, and I hated going to church. Um, I would sit there. It was boring. Um, I didn't like it, and my parents fought with me, and eventually we all stopped going because it was so hard to get us kids to go to church. And when I grew up, I said, I don't want that for my kids. I don't want them to hate it. I want them to want to go. As a parent, I don't want to drag them. I don't want to have them not make me come. And this is a place where my kids will get mad at me if for some reason we can't come. Um, they, my daughter gets ready first thing in the morning. It's like, it's church day. And that's such a great feeling that they want to come. And I don't have to drag anybody. They drag me sometimes. And that's, I think, wonderful for them. <laughs> Thank you. Ah. I would just add to that, it's good church to see the kids running forward for children's moments and the enthusiasm that they show. Good church. Uh, for me, a good church is uh, when the people of the church show their appreciation 
uh, for your giving of gifts and talents. Good church is when you can serve. I love serving here, and I love the appreciation I get, not the least from Reverend Roshin and all of you. Uh, good church. So I think uh, good church for me was watching your son being baptized. I don't, uh, I don't recall being baptized. I was so young, but watching my son here truly was something special that I can see the Holy Spirit mm. and that we're all able to witness. So that's good church for me. Mm. I'm thinking of the Caring Network, the group of people that are kind of a silent wave um, that send cards and uh, sent, bring over meals and to those who are um, sick or need a helping hand or in mourning. or So there's like this group of people that kind of keep that work of minister, ministering to them. It's just really terrific. So, Yeah, more than once I've gone on a visit and they're not, the person I'm going to visit is not there. Someone has swooped in to take them out to lunch. And uh, it's always just awesome that that happens. Anybody else want to? Oh. Uh, a good church is not just a Sunday church. It's part of the thing that I've been privileged to, to experience is a church on Tuesday mm. where we have the kitchen. And a lot of things that are rotten, not good enough, somehow get trimmed and cut. So there's these amazing meals that get prepared by a lot of loving people, and that's a good church. Mm. He's not wrong. It's some of the best food in Ashland. It's delicious. <laughs> uh, if I was to pick uh, the most endearing reason I'm here today is because of the people. And here's the steeple. <laughs> uh, when I returned from General Conference that was held in Portland, because um, <clears throat> of all the controversy that was there, I questioned my membership. And I questioned my Methodism. And I cried all the way from Portland to Ashland. Um, and when I came home to this church, I was reaffirmed and reconciled that this is indeed my home because of you all that are here today. Thank you. I think we probably have room for one more if there's anyone else who would like to share. Hi, I'm kind of new here, um, but I like to second that. It's the people, and then for me, um, it's always been twofold. One, the sermon, and two, the people. One, the sermon being when you go to a church that you know you really feel like you belong. You show up every Sunday, and the sermon is so good that you're like, is this pastor, like, stalking my life? <laughs> like, what is going on? How does, like, what, what he or she is saying is, like, what is exactly happening to me right now, and I need to hear this. Um, so that was always good church for me, is to get that message, uh, because the Lord knows we all need guidance in our lives. And then two is the people. It'll always be the people. Um, 
we are a military family. I grew up in a really good, strong church. Um, who's, who is my family? But being in the military and always moving, when you find a, a really good church, they're that second family for you. When you show up, they're, like, they're giving you hugs. They want to know who you are, and they genuinely care. And you feel like when you're here, you're like, I might not get to see my family, but this feels like home to me. So, good church. So I know we all have more stories, and some of our stories are very private stories, right? Moments that we're not sure if we want to share, or stories that might show us as vulnerable, or stories where we're not sure, do I belong here? Will I be loved here? Will I be welcome here? Those are, those are questions I bring when I move into a new church setting, right? Will, will I be welcome here? Will I be loved here? And so the um, good church is about answering that question with yes over and over and over again. So, holding in our hearts all that goodness, we are going to formalize my leaving with a formal liturgy. That's not usually how it's done anymore, but it's important with all the pastoral changes that we have had here, I think, to create a really solid ending so that we can have a really solid new beginning in our wonderful new pastor who is coming, Reverend Brett, right? So there's going to be words on the screen for you to say and words on the screen and words for me to say um, in what is a liturgy of farewell. I thank you, members and friends of the Ashland United Methodist Church, for our time together as a local church family. I ask forgiveness for the mistakes I have made, and I share my thankfulness for the work we have shared together. As I leave, I carry with me all that I have learned here. I accept your thanks and forgiveness, and I offer my thankfulness to God for bringing us together and trusting us with this precious time in God's name. It is my sincerest hope that our walk together, both challenging and rewarding, has been pleasing to God. To my beloved congregation, Today is my final Sunday together with you as your pastor. I release you from turning to me and depending on me. I encourage your continuing ministry here with all my heart. I will pray for you and for your new pastor, Reverend Brett. Let us pray. And the words of the prayer together, Eternal God, whose steadfast love for us from, from everlasting to everlasting. You give th thanks for our shared walk for this little way together. We commend one another and Reverend Brett into your care as we move in new directions, always with our eyes set to gaze upon you. Keep us all in your love as siblings forever. Amen.